I cannot believe we're already at the third Sunday in Advent. Didn't we just start? Didn't this time is going so fast? So today is the Sunday for joy. And I have two scriptures. One, actually, we don't normally read until Epiphany. But I think it says something to us. And the second is a real familiar Christmas story found in Luke. So in Matthew 2, um, 10 and 11. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then from Matthew. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her, her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. May God grant us understanding of these words this day, the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. So today we lit a pink candle to remember the shepherds. Purple, the color of royalty and also the color of penitence and suffering, is the usual color of Advent. And it, it uses links to the season of Lent. So purple and Lent go together as Advent and purple go together. The purple is there to remind, remind us that essentially the Savior comes into the world to die. But the third candle, this candle that's this day, is different. It is pink. It's the color of joy. And yes, there are links to what happens during Holy Week and, and with Easter. Um, Jesus dies, but then he doesn't stay dead. In some traditions today is called um, the Sunday of Rejoicing kind of ties to Philippians 4, you know, um, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. 
three candles are lit and the darkness and gloom have almost gone entirely away. The light that we see in those three is more than the light of one or the light of none. The third candle reminds us that there is joy. It's about time to have a party. The angel said, behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. And if there's kind of a single word that we throw around a lot during this Christmas season, it's the word joy. Um, think about the hymns that, um, that we sing. Um, Brenda and I were talking this morning about joy to the world. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. How about shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? Or joyful, all ye nations rise, join the triumphs of the skies with the angel, angelic host proclaim. Christ is born in Bethlehem. We talk a lot about joy and Christmas together. And I wonder how many of us actually, though, feel joyful this morning. You know, we walk in here, there, there's some Christmas decorations, there's lights, there's candles. Um, you know, when we think about this season, maybe we're thinking about the family and friends that we'll see and those things bring the feelings of joy. But, you know, I acknowledge right up front that it's not always easy to feel joy. It's not always easy to feel joyful. For some, Christmas can be hard. Especially if we lose loved ones around this part of the season. My heart breaks for Bev. It does. For some of us, that kind of grief is not so new or raw. But you know, sometimes what we think of in the seasons, we think about the people who aren't sitting at our table. Maybe it's because we're estranged from them. Maybe it's because we've lost them. And on the one hand, we can remember the good times, but in the other, there's that, that, the word is kind of that ache that happens within our hearts when we think about Christmas without, without our family, without our friends. Or maybe that ache comes from something entirely different. Maybe that ache comes because there's not enough money to go around. Maybe that ache comes because we carry some emotional baggage about the season. Maybe that ache comes because relationships have gone have gone in ways that that hurt. Maybe, maybe all of those things can be part of this season. Alongside missing our loved ones, 
all these other issues, this emotional baggage. When all of that comes together, we might feel lonely. We might feel sad and tired or stressed. I don't know about you. Do any of you know what stress is? I'm guessing you probably do. When we're in that space, joy, as we think of it, seems far, far away. And sometimes the world gives us the idea because we're not experiencing joy the way the world thinks we should experience joy. They think it makes us think that there's something wrong with us. That we can't have two things, we can't hold two realities at once. The world shows us that. And sometimes, my friends, I really hate to tell you this, but sometimes that reality comes to us from those who are in church as well. But the thing that I know is that we can hold grief and we can hold joy at the same time. I know that we can do that because I've done that. And I've seen many others do that as well. But I wonder if, if part of the problem with trying to see joy in that place where we can hold two things is because we confuse joy with happiness. We kind of have the wrong idea of what joy is. We, we think that, that if we're not happy, we can't be joyful. And if we're joyful, happiness comes automatically. Like we can snap our fingers and be happy. And we try to make joy by being busy. You know, we're running from party to party, place to place, doing frantically all the things on our to-do list. Maybe it's going to the mall or any shopping. <laughs> Actually, what I have to tell you that sometimes going to the mall or doing shopping is the way I lose my joy. Or maybe it's happiness. You know, I look at the, the rising prices and the people who are grumpy. And it's dark and rainy and rainy and dark. And it's miserable. And I, you guys have known me long enough to know that I am a creature of the light. So when we get to be so close to the longest night, I feel it. I am a creature of the light. And dark, rainy makes me miserable. And my little dog, too. She is not impressed with walking in the rain and the wind. But our reality is sometimes we run ourselves ragged trying to build something, something that, that creates that illusion of happiness, creates that illusion of joy. But I have to tell you that, that, that true joy, the deep joy, is very different. So I ask you this question, how do we experience joy in our lives, not just in this season, 
but every single day of our life. In other words, do we really know what joy is? In our scriptures today, joy came through the angels and to the shepherds who were the poor and the outcasts. For the magi, it came in the form of the recognition of a star in the sky. To people who were going through their ordinary lives, people who were seeking answers to the mysteries of life, those two groups. And I would say that those groups are probably as far away from each other as they could get. And that gives me hope because I'm somewhere in there. And my friend, you're somewhere in there too. We're not the, we're not the shepherds most of the time. And we're not the magi either. We're somewhere in there. Last year when we did kind of the study of the fruit of the spirit, you may remember that one of them was joy. And part of my quest to find out more about joy was to Google um, two words, happiness and joy. Happiness had um, 281 million entries and joy was somewhere in there as well. So we're talking about we're always looking for joy or we're looking for happiness or, or something. We talked about how the pursuit of happiness can be complicated because we often seek happiness in places where it cannot be found and therefore is just kind of beyond our reach. Here's what I mean. I might say to myself, I'll be happy when I get to 180 pounds. That is going to make me happy. Or I'm going to be happy when I get that job. Or I'm going to be happy when. Can you fill in the blank? That often when we're looking for happiness, we're looking for things that we don't have a lot of control over. Or maybe we have a little. No worries. One time, Christina, I'll tell you that, that my husband was preaching and his phone went off. And the sound tech goes on the mic and said, David, God is calling. And the whole sanctuary burst into laughter and it took a long time to pull people back. Kind of a joyful moment. For me, anyhow, he was embarrassed. So as we look at this idea of wanting to seek happiness, we need to acknowledge that there's a lot of things that interfere with that quest for happiness. And sometimes the thing that interferes with our happiness is right here. It's me. So don't get me wrong, I don't think there's anything wrong with being happy. In fact, I love to be happy. I just know that life gets complicated and our pursuit of happiness is complicated. Stuff gets in the way. Stuff for me this week 
came in the form of a paper that was due for my DMAN project. My advisor told me that she needed to receive it by tomorrow or I would risk failing. I have time to write a paper, correct? Well, I will tell you that I managed and um, I just didn't sleep much. Then my, my naturopath, when I went in for my weekly shot, told me that she wanted to see me because she didn't like the trend of my blood pressure. Okay, folks, it's, what time of year is it? So I, I continued to go on and on and on of trying to get all of these things done and, and you know, I, I ship off some presents and, and I got the, an email from Amazon telling me my thing wasn't going to get in and, you know, okay, you kind of get in the picture, right? Things kept happening. Stuff. Was I happy this week? Was I stressed this week? Or was there something else going on there as well? Remember this part. We'll come back to it. I find myself trying to be a whole person in a world where everyone else seems to have it all together. I'm sure that there's someone that's in my class that was able to do that paper way before the deadline. I'm sure that there's someone who had their shopping done by Halloween. But I, the world that I live in doesn't work that way. Rules are changing rapidly and we can't keep up with them. And I know that I'm not alone in this. I've been talking to my friends and they've been struggling as well. So what do we do with this? We're talking about joy, right? And everything that I've shared about my week had nothing to do with joy, mostly. So what makes a critical difference in life when there is this, so that there is this sense of being a whole person, being a person who lives out of that place of joy, that place where, where joy is, is, is just every day? What makes that critical difference? How do we develop a sense of who we were meant to be in this fractured world that we live in? Or where can we bring light and life to others? Where can we be the light and life to others? Where can peace on earth begin with us? Those are all things that I contemplate when I'm in this season. We often see happiness as this all-inclusive thing. If we're not happy all the time, we are not happy. But you know, that may be true of happiness. That it comes and it goes and it, it's bright and it's not. But joy is something different. And as I said before, the truth of the matter is that joy and grief can coexist. During this last few years of the pandemic and political unrest and you name it, 
Many of us, to varying degrees, have suffered losses. We've missed loved ones. And we kind of live in that place that's the grief of the last few years. This, this congregation went through losing two very dearly loved pastors. And then you got me. <laughs> and we spent the last year and a half almost together. Yet there's still that, that thing that we're waiting for. And then I hear the, sto the story of the Magi. When we think about the majesty of their journey, and not so much about the distance they traveled, we miss something. We miss that they had to travel through the, the wilderness and that they had to, to go through difficulties to get where they wanted to be. And, but when they saw the star, the star gave them this sign that joy is ahead. And they looked in the sky and they saw that. And they followed it. I wonder what our star looks like. What is that thing that we could follow that would lead, lead us to joy? As I think about that, one of the questions that come to my mind is this. Does life have to be perfect for us to find joy and meaning? What do you think? I, yes, Karen. Karen said it can't be. Truth. There. Truth. Christmas comes whether we're stressed or not. That babe that we celebrate being born in the manger is born no matter what. So when we try to put our human idea of happiness and kind of superimpose it on a deeper reality of joy, we come to a very boggy place. We think that we have to have happiness to have joy. Remember, I don't have any problem with happiness. I like it. So, but when we start thinking that joy and happiness are somehow meshed together, we miss something that has so much meaning in our lives. Because when we do that, we forget who we are and what we were created to be. And we forget whose we are. In my time with you, I've talked about being who we I've talked about who we are and whose we are over and over again, and there's a reason for that. Because I think that we're all created in the image of God. And that means that we all have the capacity to love, to lo love and light and joy and all of those things. We have that capacity within us. And when we forget who we are, 
and whose we are, we limit our ability to, to, to experience joy. You know, though, we, we've talked about the Magi, and now I want to talk a little bit about the shepherds. And the shepherds were kind of the lowliest of the lowliest of the lowliest of that culture. In fact, they were thought to be dishonest and all of these other things in that culture because they were doing this job. They weren't welcome in town. And, and quite frankly, if you live among sheep, you get kind of smelly. As a child in Montana, seriously, as a child in Montana, my grandmother did cooked on a uh, sheep ranch above Cascade, Montana, so kind of up in the up in the hills, and we thought it was the great thing to go and spend time with her. And one of the things we got to do is ride horses up to the sheep camps. And of course, being the age that I was, that was really cool. But one of the things I remember about being up there was the smell. I was probably between ten and twelve, and that made it big impression on me. And so I think about these shepherds being out with the sheep. They've slept with them. They're protecting them. They're not seen as part of the, of the society in any way, shape, or form. They're not welcome in many places. Did that matter? No. The angels came to them and said, what did they say? I bring you glad tidings of great joy to these. Now, to me, as I said before, if the shepherds are part of this joy and the magi are part of this joy, my friends, we're part of this joy too. We are. So the pursuit of happiness is kind of a human thing. And the pursuit of joy is a gift. Joy doesn't take away the things that are hard for us. Joy doesn't take away the empty place sitting at our table. But joy goes deep. Joy connects us with our Creator. It's kind of a contentment and peace and hope in the one who created us. All of those things mixed together, all of the candles on our Advent wreath are part of, part of the gift that God has for us. It's a constant knowledge that we are in the kingdom of God. It's a blessedness. That's actually what the word is. When translated into English, it's actually so it's the same word in the blessed are the poor in spirit. That word. 
Joy is not affected by our circumstances. It's a state of mind. And because we have that joy available to us, we're able to walk to the beat of a different drummer. Remember I said about the, the going into the stores and the grumpiness and stuff? What if we went into the stores, encountered a clerk that was grumpy, and gave them a little bit of our joy? What if we saw one of our friends really having a tough time and gave them a little bit of our joy? Because that's the thing about joy. You don't have just this limited amount of joy. The more we give, the more we get. The more we share, the more we have. It's not meant to be an individual thing. Joy is a shared collective. We're all in it together. So what if it seems like joy is a long ways away? We remember first that joy is within us and around us. We remember that joy is such that it can sustain us in times of trouble. Another way to help bring joy in front of us is to count our blessings. Naming them and claiming them as we share those things with those around us. So in your mind's eye, look beyond this place to the world out there. Look beyond the limitations of the here and the now. Look beyond the pain and the sorrow. Reach your hand out just a little bit and feel that joy. Knowing that joy calls us to serve and to look toward others that they may also find their joy. Joy is not an abstract happiness. It's deeper than that. And deeper yet when we share it. Back to my story of this week. Despite some sleepless nights, I turned in that paper yesterday I'll get a grade. And all the Zoom calls that I had this week allowed me to connect with people by seeing them and not just talking on the phone. And I need to remember that when everything gets a little overwhelming, and it will, for I am human too. I just need to close my eyes and picture something. And I want to share this image with you because I think that, that joy shared is joy shared. 
Thursday night and Friday night, my grandkids down in Kaiser had their school Christmas program. And on Thursday night, I drove down to Kaiser, and Lily, who's five, had her program. Lily is this petite little thing, just, just a tiny bit bigger than her three-year-old sister. But Lily is just this, I guess, this joy-filled little being. Her mom calls her spicy. And she is. She managed to, to break her leg a couple of years ago riding a scooter. I mean, she just is this life in all of its doing. And so she had picked out her outfit, had her hair just right. She walked in to stand on the bleachers. And this is a packed auditorium. And she's there and she's not shy at all. And then she looks up and she sees this whole row of her family. And Lily spent the next five minutes waiting. And she sings, you know, songs about shepherds and about joy. And her little face was joy. I went down again um, Friday night because Hudson, seven, first grader, and Bella, uh, who's almost nine, who's in third grade, had their programs. And they didn't quite have that exuberance that Lily had. They were more um, dignified. As they stood there and they sang songs, they sang songs about shepherds. They did this itsy bitsy shepherd went up to Bethlehem. You know, the itsy bitsy spider. I didn't know that was such a thing. And I taught kindergarten. But they sang this song. And then they sang to their, uh, as loud as their voices, I heard Hudson over everybody sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Hugs and kisses and joy-filled faces. Those are the moments that I treasure. What are your moments that you treasure? Can you think of one? Can you hold it out in front of you right now? That moment that you can pull out when things are tough. That you can pull out when happiness seems to be elusive. What is that thing, that joy, that you can do that? You see, the opportunity is ours. We have a chance to renew our joy in these days, a joy of knowing that we are not alone, knowing that God loves us and cherishes us. May we always remember who we are and whose we are. For in that truth, in that, that truth, we find joy. God, we thank you that we find joy. Amen.